Welcome to the Wealthy Wednesday Show. I'm Lucy McMonagle. I am the host, and I am on a movement to create this world a better place. If you are listening to this, please make sure that you share this episode with your friends, your family, and your tribe, because together as a collaborative, we can all do our part to create conscious wealth, create conscious communities, and to make this world a better place. Stay tuned for our next featured guest. Hey, 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 welcome to another edition, and this is Lucy McMonagle. I am your host. Today we have Bree Seeley, and she is a born catalyst, a natural truth teller with a history of counseling, psychology, and entrepreneurship. Bree combines a lifetime of personal experience, psychology, hypnotherapy, and universal laws for over a decade of coaching and consulting expertise to support people in creating their vision. So if you have a vision that you want to create, this is definitely the show that you want to listen to. So Bree, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Wow, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on the show because you have taken leaps of faith. You assist individuals in transmuting the fear and being able to transform their lives. And you have a lot of positive um, psychology that you help with people in entrepreneurship. Can you tell us a little bit on what leaps of faith that you have taken to get you where you're at currently? Yeah, so many. I think the first conscious one I remember is when I was 14, I went to my mom and told her that I wanted to petition the courts to legally change my last so the first conscious leap that I can remember taking is when I was 14, I asked my mom to petition the courts or allow me to petition the courts so that I could change my last name. And that was just the one, the first of many leaps that I can remember taking. I went to college a year early. I moved to Italy knowing no one and knowing, not, not knowing the language to study. I moved to Washington State for a job. I had to call my mom when I was living in Italy and say, can you pull up the internet and see where Olympia, Washington is? Because I'm moving there. I got a job. I have no idea where it is. And that's honestly just kind of how I've lived my life is when opportunities come my way and they feel aligned. I take the leap and I say yes to them. And I trust that even if I'm unable to see the outcome or see how it's all going to play out, that I have what I need in order to make it happen. Wow, that's really important, is, is when it feels right, you take the leap of faith. So for the audience that's listening, what are some of the telltale signs that, that makes it feel right or makes it feel wrong if you're kind of like that? It's not a strong feeling yes, but it's not a strong feeling no. Can you um, relate to that? and Can you explain how you've handled it? So I have been developing my intuition for probably at least a decade. Mm -hmm. um, I think I knew what it was before I consciously started developing it. Uh, so for me, it's really a feeling within my body. So what I found with my intuition is it's always a feeling within my body. So a lot mm -hmm. of people go to make decisions from their head. They rationalize it. They logic pros and cons it. They like it's a very 
um, it's a very heady thing. For me, when I know that something is right, it's always a feeling might in my heart, it might be in my plexus, but it's always this feeling of, and, and I, because I've been consciously developing my intuition for so long, I know what my yes feels like and I know what my no feels like. So if I'm in the middle of a big decision, I find stillness with it. I come into my body, I feel into it, and I really ask myself, you know, what, what does this decision feel like in my body? And from there, I believe that all of our bodies contain all of the wisdom that we need. I'm able to feel into whether it's a yes or whether it's a no, and then take action from there. Wow. And that's really important to understand that individuals, when we start getting in our minds and our thoughts and we're, we're weighing the pros, we're weighing the cons, we're trying to, is this the right decision? Is this not the right decision? You know, and you're, you're in that pain situation, as I call it. And, but when you bring it out of your head and you bring it into your body, you start paying attention. Does this feel good? Does this feel bad? And then uh, sometimes we just need to sleep on it. And then our body will naturally tell us and we'll just know that this is the right decision for us. Is that, is that, did I understand you correctly? Totally. Yeah. And um, a lot of people ask me how to get out of their heads. And, and the thing that I always like to remind people is that this is a practice. So I'm able to do this because I've been, doing it for so long consciously. When people are looking at making big decisions, like really emotional decisions that our ego might get wrapped up in or whatever, it's harder for us to come to that place of stillness. It's harder for us to look at it with um, like a feeling state because our mind wants to get involved so much. And so the thing I always recommend for people is that if you're not in the practice of doing this yet, Always try it out. Always, always, you know, start flexing that muscle on things that don't matter, on things that your ego, your, you know, your, your mind is just not going to get involved with. It's not going to interrupt you because your ego doesn't care what avocados you're picking at the grocery store. I use it a lot. I use my intuition all the time on what produce to buy or what route to take when I'm driving home or which movie to go see or what I want for dinner or, you know, really using it on mundane things because it allows you to kind of have a more neutral space to practice with your intuition versus once your ego starts getting involved, then you're trying to navigate your yes, no feeling with all the ego stuff that wants to happen and it just gets a little muddier. So I always say, start with things that don't matter and really, really build your muscle there. And then once your muscle is strengthened, you're able to apply it to any and all areas of your life. Yes, absolutely. And that's the most important key is, is to build your intuition muscle, build your faith muscle, as you, you might call it, by asking your body, is this the right avocado? Is this the, you know, maybe this, is this the right movie I should be watching at this time? And then following through with that. If it's a yes, then do it. And when we do that, it gives us the ability to push fear, not aside, not down, not pushing it down, but it helps us to transmute fear too. Can you tell us a little bit on, on how you transmute and what the role of fear is in, in transformation? So 
I always say when people want transformation, they think that they need to get to a place where they don't have any fear before they move forward. And I'm of the opinion that when you're doing something big and great, your fear will never be more present because what happens is you're getting outside your comfort zone and that's Mm -hmm. your fear is a mechanism that your body has to keep you safe. So when you're getting outside your zone, of course your fear is coming to light. That's its job. So one thing that I've retrained myself towards is that when my fear is like on high alert, I know that that is something that I should be saying yes to because it's something that is going to radically change my life. So I have learned really to lean in more to fear and trust that it's not a sign that I shouldn't be doing that thing. It's actually a sign I should be doing that thing because that's the thing that's going to be the catalyst for me to have the kind of growth and transformation that I'm seeking. Um, You know, the other thing is if people are really experiencing fear, just getting to the root of where's this coming from? Why is this popping up for me? What am I trying to keep myself safe from? Um, There's some really great questions you can just ask yourself to start getting underneath what that is. And one of my favorite questions is always, is this real? Because oftentimes fear is looking at the situation just from a different perspective and it's not actually real. So either diving in and asking yourself some some really great questions to get underneath it, to figure out why it's there and what its purpose is in your life and or saying yes to whatever you're having fear around because that's the thing that's going to allow you to have that great leap or transformation or change that you are seeking. That makes a lot of sense. And, and from what I've noticed, fear has a vibration that is similar to excitement to your soul. And so when you, when you start getting that overtly excited feeling, we may have been children and reprimanded for being too excited about some opportunity or, or or getting too involved, too emotional. And so having that fear, asking those questions will help you pinpoint, is this real? Is this, I, am, I, am I really in danger? Is this fear really protecting me? Or is it because I was trained not to be too excited because I might, whatever, hurt myself or I might um, fail or I might do this? So that's really super powerful and potent. And some of the techniques that you use to get over these fears, aside from just moving into it, is you actually call on your future self by doing some meditation so that you can find out more. Can you tell us a little bit on on your, you have a meditation available about your future self and you also practice this can you tell our audience a little bit more about this meditation and how you utilize it and then how individuals might be able to get it totally i found that you know our future self has a lot of answers about the questions that we seek Mm -hmm. and so i started using it with my clients to help them kind of see past their current circumstances and limitations 
So one of the things that I really help people do is stop relying so much on their eyesight and start mm -hmm. relying more on their vision, that like inner vision, that map, that guidance system. And so what I found is that most people were just conditioned as a society to rely very heavily on our eyesight. Mm -hmm. This is what I see, which means this is what is real, which means this is what is possible for me. When in actuality, our eyesight is lying to us almost constantly yes. about what's possible for us. And when we can tap into that vision, that's when we really start accessing like the greater possibilities and the deeper truths about who we are and what we're here on this planet to accomplish. And so I found that if you can be in a meditative state and meet your future self, and talk to him or her to get answers, you, it will shift your perspective radically because you'll start to see things from their perspective, their, like the perspective of your vision versus the perspective of your current eyesight. So it's one of my favorite meditations. It's one of, it's a monthly module in all of my trainings. Um, I really love getting people to see their life from a different perspective. And so if anyone's interested in downloading it, listening to it, using it, you can get it at meditation.breeseely.com. I think it's about 20 minutes long, so it's not a super intense meditation, but it'll at least get you started down the road. And then I always recommend that people start asking themselves afterwards, when they're in the midst of big decisions, what would my future self do? get to know them, get to know their belief systems, get to know how they operate, get to know what they do when they're facing fear. And then the more you can start to embody those things, make decisions from those same places, have the same energy as your future self, all of a sudden, it's like you are magically that person. It's not, uh, there's no gap anymore between who you are and who you see them being because you're simply being that person in the moment. Wow, that's really, really powerful. And so I'm going to spell that out for the individuals who are listening to this and not watching the video. It's meditation, M-E-D as in dog, I-T-A-T-I-O-N, period, Brie, B-R-I as in imagination, Seely, S E E L E Y dot com. So that's meditation, period, breezeely dot com. And individuals are going to be able to get that meditation on a future self. It is about 20 minutes long. I highly recommend you go to the website and collect this meditation because it is very, very powerful. And I've personally used a lot of different meditations to help reach my future self that has changed the way my business is, my life, and this is also a very powerful one too. So Bree, we're just about ready to wrap this up. Is there any final tips or strategies you'd like to leave our audience with before we say farewell? Well, I know that uh, your podcast is very centered around wealth. So one of the yes. things that I like to remind people of is when they're starting to dive into the idea of fi financial freedom and abundance is to just remember how incredibly abundant our lives are in general. So I know a lot of people typically look at only wealth as abundance 
And one of the ways that I was able to increase my financial wealth was by simply tapping into the general energy of abundance. And so, you know, I always say to people, abundance is abundance is abundance. The way you treat a penny is going to be the same way that you treat a million dollars. The way that you treat an abundance of love and gifts and goodness that comes into your life is no different than how you treat your money. And so for me, celebrating all of the abundance in my life really, really, really helped me understand the energy of abundance more to be able to call more financial abundance into my life. And so I think that's always my favorite wealth tip or tool for people is to tap into the overall energy of abundance because money just happens to be one source of abundance. It's when we place a lot of uh, weight on, but it's no different than any other sort of abundance. And if you have pets, receiving the love and the abundance of love from pets is a really great place to start. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and the love of pets shows us truly how we can be unconditional with love, with giving, with receiving. And a lot of individuals, they love, love, love to give, but they're not so great at receiving. And pets are a fabulous way. So thank you for that wealthy wisdom and providing that for our audience. And I'd like to thank you for being a guest on our show. Thank you so much, Lucy. I appreciate it. I'd like to thank my audience. You are super fabulous. I'm so excited that you're tuning in. And I am excited to provide you with top wisdom, top wealth, and top ability so that you can move forward in your life, your business, and be successful. So until next week, Abundant Blessings. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Wealthy Wednesday Show. I'm your host, Lucy McMonagle, and I'd really appreciate it if you would share this with your friends, your family, your tribe, and let other people know that the Wealthy Wednesday Show is creating a movement to make this world a better place, and we rely on you to get the word out so that we can create mass influence. So until next time, abundant blessings.